Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And uh, we're sitting here, uh, midnight for me, about 11 p.m. for Tommy. Uh, we're getting ready to recap the Blues' tough 2-1 shootout loss to the San Jose Sharks. I mean, I, I, that, was a, that was a very draining game, to say the least. Felt very slow-paced, especially like around the second, third period. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what happened with the Blues. Maybe they ran out of gas. Maybe, I, don't, I don't really know what happened. But that third period, it just felt like the wheels were falling off and into overtime, not being able to get the possession of the puck. And then obviously in the shootout is when uh, the outcome came to be. So Blues lose 2-1. to one, Final score. End the series against San Jose. We got Los Angeles Kings coming up on Saturday. Uh, I'll try to bounce back then. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the Blues continued to improve into this game. I don't think it was a bad loss per se. I think they definitely could have won. Um, but at the same time, even even though that third period, the wheels were coming off and you know, offensively they looked non-existent. The defense in that third period, uh, headlined by the goaltending of Jordan Biddington, was phenomenal. You know, that one sequence where it was the five on three or the five on no, it was right before the five on three when when they blocked about fifteen shots in the span of ten seconds. Colton Brickle didn't have a stick. Jordan Bennington didn't have a stick. Um, that was that was true blues hockey right there. That for that sequence and you know it, it, as much as it sucks that they didn't get the win and that they didn't get you know bury an opportunity here or there. I think you know in the long run you can be pretty happy with with sequences this team had and, and the penalty kill going seven for seven is spectacular after the way that the season started. So I really don't think that this is too too tough of a loss. I think really the only difference that we could be having right now is if the shootout went a little differently, we'd be having a much more positive tone. But that doesn't really change what we're talking about. You know, we're not going to talk about the shootout. We're going to talk about the the even strength and or not the even strength, but the regulation and overtime play because that's what really matters when it comes to winning comes to winning games for the rest of the season and the playoffs. So I, I really think it wasn't too bad of a game from the Blues. It wasn't their best, obviously, but a lot to a lot to be optimistic about after that. See, I. I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Josh, because I I feel like the firepower that we have on this team, there's no there's no reason under the sun you should be getting outshot, thirty six to twenty four by the San Jose Sharks. Um, shouldn't be the uh, sharks. The sharks should not up, be over seven, seven on the power. Penalties. Yeah, then be more disciplined. Like at, at, no, at, I, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? saying? I don't think. No, I agree, but I don't think that you can really blame the offense for struggling when once again. They have they failed to generate any sort of momentum because every single time they would start to roll the lines, they would take another penalty. That's still obviously a huge, huge issue is the amount of penalties that the Blues are taking, and it's holding them back in every single aspect of the game, including offensively. But if you look at every other aspect, I think that they played really, really well. Um, and, and that's why they didn't lose this game by like four or five goals because any game where you give up seven, seven power plays uh, and only score one goal, you're expected to lose in regulation. Uh, by by a lot so you know silver lining i guess yeah silver lining it's not just the penalties though i feel like outside of the schwartz and kairu line we talked about this 
like the last game, but like really they're not getting anything flowing. Like we're trying to move Hoffman around to see kind of like what chemistry he can get with Robert Thomas. That's not working. Move him back up to Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron. They can't get going. So it feels like that first, third, and fourth line. That fourth line tonight, I feel like I feel like Sammy Blay had a really good game, but I don't feel like they had the impact that they did in the first couple of games. Um, but really, like I said, outside of that short Shen Kairu line, we're not getting any offensive production. They're not, they're not connecting passes. It almost looks like the lack of a preseason and they're trying to like get into a groove and all, all of that stuff. I understand that, but at some point you gotta, you gotta figure it out because we're running out of time because it's a shortened season. Um, and every every game has a bigger impact because every game is within the, divi- the division. So I think it's great that we got out of this game with a point. But at the end of the day, we should be we should be stomping teams like San Jose, not not going one to one into OT into the shootout. I agree. I, I agree. And and it's not to say that, you know, I'd be happy seeing that performance every single night for the rest of the season. But Compared to the way that they looked in the first three games, um, I think that they've shown an overall steady improvement. And obviously the huge glaring error tonight was the the, the offense couldn't get anything going. And you mentioned that the uh, Shen Schwartz Kairu line was the only line that good. But And then you come, come into the second period, Kairu had only played two and a half minutes because they spent the entire first period on the penalty kill. And I'm not saying that the offense is off the hook just because there were so many penalties, but it's really, really hard to get a rhythm going and to generate momentum shift after shift after shift and build to those scoring chances and, and you know, wear the, wear the other team down when every two minutes there's a stoppage in play and either team's going to the box. It's just really, really hard to, to generate momentum and to generate cohesive play throughout an entire period, an entire game when there's it's a combined... 15 penalties between the teams that being said i do think that there are issues besides just the taking penalties and the special teams you know obviously power plays still haven't even sniffed a goal and like you said couldn't couldn't get the puck at all in overtime but i i I do think that those are problems that are going to work themselves out as those penalty numbers go down and as the chemistry builds for this team especially about like what you said it's not there's not one reason that the blues failed to pot so many goals tonight there's a lot of contributing factors and i think the penalties like you were talking about it's hard to build momentum when you got a guy going into the box on either side left and right 12 total penalties like that's just absurd it's it's hard to it's hard to get that momentum rolling but jordan bennington looked good if you want to talk about silver lines he looked fantastic there was a couple times where i thought he slid too far over might have gotten a little out of position but like we talked about it it feels like this team's not necessarily in preseason mode but not firing on all cylinders yet that's for sure i don't think we've seen the best game out of them that they're capable of so uh i think that goes for jordan bennington too and the fact that he had a fantastic game while not even playing at at the height of his capability, uh, I think that bodes well for this team in the long run. Yeah, and and I think that with the way that the Blues played tonight, um, especially with their discipline, a better team would have beat them 8 nothing, like we saw out of mm-hmm. Colorado. But the fact that the Blues honestly were able to go out and have a bad game and still play well enough in in certain aspects to come away with a point, I think is is reason for optimism. You know, if you're playing a game like that, even against a team like San Jose, you know, it's hockey. Any any team can win on a given night. But you know, if you're if you can go out and have a game like that and really struggle as much as they did, and then have the the positives shine as much as they did and almost outweigh the negatives to the point where they were one shootout goal away from a win. 
Uh, I think that's that's something you can take away and say, all right, these negatives need to be worked out, but build off of those positives. You know, build off of that amazing defense they had in the third period and and Jordan Bennington's spectacular play. You got to that's that's definitely building blocks more than they had after the eight nothing loss against Colorado. That's for sure, right there. It's, it's a lot easier to learn from this game uh, than it is from an eight nothing loss because eight nothing it feels like you didn't do anything right and you just did everything wrong. So it's like, okay, where do we even start? Uh, but where the Blues are going to start is Saturday night against. Los Angeles Kings try to set this set this season back on the right course and set a standard for their their style of play and their level of play that we know that they're capable of. So we'll see if they can pull it off. I'm feeling a big Blues win in that game so much so that I might even uh, might even throw a little money on. Yeah, it, a little money line. Uh, a little money yeah, line a little bit. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? And, you know, you know, if if you uh, out there listening at home or in the car uh, agree with me and you want to put a little put a little money down on whatever it may be. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, and if you use our promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. Uh, now, the NHL season is getting into full speed, as is the NBA season. Uh, NFL season's wrapping up, but there are some big, big games coming up. Uh, a lot of a lot of fun bets you could place. Anything you can imagine, betonline.ag has it all. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And we will be right back with the second half of today's episode. So now that we've kind of kind of gotten all the raw emotion out there, let's let's look at this. Let's look at this black and white X's and O's. Let's and let's start with the negatives. Looking right away, the discipline is the biggest one. It can't be taken seven penalties. I feel like we're not connecting a lot of passes. Even just not even just the offense either. It's like the defense too, and maybe maybe that you can attribute that to like a lot of new faces like Tory Krug and like just getting used to. The style that the Blues run and like the pairings that they're running with, I get that there's a learning curve, but I don't know. It just it feels like the amount of talent that this team has does not match the talent that it's putting out every single night, and that's frustrating. I think for everybody, especially the players. Yeah, but uh, I mean to to sort of not not counteract that because I agree with you completely. But I do think that learning curve is is a huge factor in that, if not the only contributing factor as to why they're not connecting passes because. You know, all these guys are NHL players. They can complete a tape-to-tape pass, but there's been a big shift in identity for this team. Um, and also, like you said, a lot of new faces, a lot of new lines, whatever. So pretty much every single player on that ice is is playing a style that's pretty new to them, whether it be the guys that have been on the team in the past that are shifting to more of a high-paced, high, high high-energy uh, style, or the new guys who are just learning how to play in the blue system. I think it's definitely a learning curve for a lot of them and passes that they were making last year. They now got to make a little bit more, a little bit more quickly or a little bit more of a stretch pass, whatever it may be. And instead of passing to uh, Alex Petrangelo, they're passing to Tori Krug, whatever the, whatever the, the, the issues may be. I, I do think it really all stems down to it's stuff, stuff that'll work itself out as the season progresses. Now, like as we've been saying, the flip side of that is it's a short season, so you can't really bank on, Oh, chemistry issues, you know, they'll work itself out. You can't you can't 
do pull the the 2018 start out in last place and then figure it out because by the time that that the halfway point rolls around it's gonna be way too late yeah it's not enough time to turn it around so i do think that those issues are going to work themselves out um whether that takes a couple games or a couple weeks whatever but in the meantime the big names on this team need to step up i think that's really what it comes down to is the depth will work itself out and as the season goes on you know the the team will play more like a cohesive unit but in the meantime when they're still sort of struggling to build that chemistry you can't have ryan o'reilly scoreless uh, yet again that that's that's that can't happen you look at you look at the other big names david perron hasn't really done too much tory krug hasn't scored hasn't generated too much offense yet um Justin Falk didn't really do too much tonight. So I think in the meantime, when, you know, those issues are still prevalent because they're not going to fix themselves overnight, you know, I'm sure we're going to see some of the same things in the LA series, but the Blues are capable of winning just based off of their talents alone in the meantime. So I think we need to see a lot of guys step up in that aspect. Actually, I thought Justin Falk played a really good game, but I think the the, the one thing that stayed consistent throughout all of these games uh, is Jordan Cairo's play. And we talked about mm-hmm. on the last episode, like he looked like a world beater, game changer, superstar level type of player that you have to take notice of when he steps on the ice. And obviously the, the Sharks were talking about that too. And they took notice every time he was on the ice. I think Brent Burns got the best of him one time. But other than that, dude, it just felt like everywhere you look, Jordan Kyrou's there making a play, dishing it off to somebody. He dished one off to Colton Pareko for a big clapper. Uh, almost had an assist. Well, he did have an assist um, on Braden Shen's goal, but he almost had a couple more. It really feels like he's kind of the spearhead of this team right now and the, and the forward that's leading everything in terms of offensive production yeah and and like i said earlier he only had like two and a half minutes of ice time in the first period but i think i remember every single second of that just because of how noticeable he was and you know not to say he didn't have the best night in the world just because the whole team didn't but a player a player of his caliber as he's proven this year uh still still even in their worst games has an impact and for playing two and a half minutes in the first period for struggling to find consistency out there with all the penalties jordan Cairo still looked like the best player on the team honestly at least from an offensive standpoint um and that's what you want to see out of a guy like that you know he's still young he's still developing but he's not that streaky player anymore He's not he's not showing up for two or three games and then disappearing next game. He has looked even better every single night he stepped on the ice. And well tonight he maybe didn't get, you know, two points, three points like he'd been getting in the first few games. He still looked just as good um, based on the eye test alone. And I think the only reason why we didn't see more of him is because the Sharks took notice. But, you know, you can only do so much against a guy like that. I think in terms of offensive production, this team will go, like, who do we talk about when we think of the best shooters and the guys that are going to score the most goals on this team? It's probably Hoffman and it's probably David Perron. And what have they done so far? They've been hitting a lot of one-timers that aren't hitting the net. So I think once they start firing those on goal um, and actually testing the goaltenders, a lot more of those are going to be going in. And I think it's only a matter of time because they're getting the scoring opportunities. They're finding space. They're getting good looks. They're just not putting them on target or where they want them to go necessarily. But I, I do think it's coming. It'll happen eventually. Um, and once it does happen, this team's going to explode. I agree. And I think that's been a common theme. Literally every single issue that we're talking about is, I think we can say confidently, is is an issue that is is could be chalked up to early season jitters or lack of chemistry or whatever it may be. It's a good thing that we're not looking at this team and saying like, Oh boy, they can't get anything going. This is not the roster. What the heck are they going to do? It's, it's, it's everything but the, the finish is, is kind of where they're at right now. It's, they look really good on paper. They look really good in flashes, 
But like you said, Tommy, it's it's the finishing that still needs to get going. It's the discipline. It's the it's the little things like the tape to tape passes or or making the right read, taking an extra second, and or not even taking an extra second, but shooting the puck instead of making that extra pass. Like I forget who that was. Um, dished it off to Ryan O'Reilly on a, that two on zero or whatever. It just took way too long. So it's the little things that need to be worked out. There's no real one big issue that you say like this needs a complete overhaul. So I think there's a lot of reason for optimism there, and I think it's going to get better game by game. You know, the, the thing that the thing that fixed this game was the penalty kill. As even though we took a ton of penalties, penalty kill looked by far the best they've looked all season. And maybe at, over the course of a season, we'll look back at this game and be like, "Hey, maybe we didn't win that one, but it it righted a bunch of wrongs for our penalty kill, and from exactly. that point forward, uh, they played a lot better." So hopefully, that's what happens. But I guess we'll find out. But another reason for optimism, uh, I thought Sammy Blay had a fantastic game. Wasn't really invisible on that fourth line. Didn't get a whole ton of minutes that fourth line usually doesn't but i thought every time he was on the ice he made notice of where he was uh beating guys left and right getting a couple scoring opportunities putting himself in a position to succeed um and that's going to put craig berube in a difficult decision as well because i think that fourth line with kyle clifford i had maybe a better identity and played better as a whole but i thought i think sammy blay has a higher ceiling and provides more offensive potential than a guy like Kyle Clifford does. So what you do with that situation moving forward, it's going to be, I'm going to keep an eye on that for sure, because either way, I feel like that's a dynamic line that you can either be locked down defensively and bring a little bit of physicality Mm -hmm. and grit, or you can put a guy on there like Sammy Blay and really, really attack the depth of a team uh, and maybe bring out some scoring opportunities. Now um, we've been talking about improvement here. And I'll tell you what, if you want to improve your experience when it comes to shopping for all your car parts and car needs, the best thing you can do is check out rockauto.com. Now, chain stores have different profi- different prices for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. You know, if you, if you walk in there and try to just get a part, you're not going to get the same price as everyone else. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody no matter what, and they're always reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, sort of like how airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or even account login. Uh, so go to uh, rockauto.com right now. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Uh, they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we'll be right back to wrap up this episode. Looking forward, the Blues have uh, back-to-back against the LA Kings over the weekend. What 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 do you think they need to change heading into heading into this this weekend to to get to hopefully two wins? I mean, at the bare minimum, I think you have to get at least one other line rolling. It doesn't have to be your top line. It doesn't have to be Ryan O'Reilly. It doesn't have to be David Perron. It doesn't have to be Hoffman. Uh, if, if it's a guy like Robert Thomas being like, okay, screw this. I'm going to go do it all myself um, and just make plays happen. If it's 
an entire line of the fourth line guys like we saw in the Stanley Cup just completely take over a game and put the other team in a chokehold. I thought we could potentially rely on just Jordan Cairo and Justin Falk to will this team to victory. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. I don't think that's going to happen against the team against a team like the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, so they're going to need some help at some point. And I think that's going to be their key moving forward, especially in this next series, but specifically in the next game, because the sooner that happens, the better they're off they'll be. So and and sort of sort of little little late night news dump, um, Brube, uh, gave given an interview basically saying we have a lot of guys that aren't skating and aren't competing hard enough, and I think he took the nail on the head. Uh, he uh, definitely sums it up entirely. You know, there's just this a little a little bit of little bit of push lacking from from the Blues. Um, throughout the night and honestly throughout every game this season. And, and, and that and that being said, he also talked a lot about Mike Hoffman, who was eighth had the eighth most ice time for all forwards on the Blues tonight, which is not what you'd expect out of a guy like him. And and yeah, Bruby's just trying him with different guys, tried him with O'Reilly, trying to get him going. But I don't know. I'm I'm a little. I know you said it doesn't have to be Mike Hoffman, but from what we've seen so far, I'm a little worried that he hasn't really found his groove yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not worried yet, just because it took so long with Justin Falk, and seeing Justin Falk where he is right now, I feel like he's arguably, if not the best defenseman on the Blues right now, uh, night in and night out, just in terms of where he's playing at and the level he's playing at, but. Something's got to give at some point, right? And I think that's important too to talk about. Is I don't even think about the penalty kill being out there for so long. They can't. It's hard for them to get that offensive production because they're going to be gassed with all those extra minutes on the ice, you know. So like even when they're off the penalty kill and they we have the puck possessing in the zone, they're probably sucking wind left and right. So you got to give those guys a break. Uh, <laughs> you gotta. That's what I literally just what I said. And you're like, no. I mean, before the penalties happened, they were doing that too. So it's not just no, know, it's not just know, the penalties, but it's it's definitely an added factor, like I was talking about. But yeah, I think I think something's got to give at some point. But yeah, seven penalties in a game is not is is not the key to success. I'll tell you that right now. And you know what? <laughs> probably the we probably said that exact same statement uh, after the Colorado game, except they scored on five of those. Yeah. You know. But there was the same thing, seven penalties. And we probably, like I said, said you can't win a game taking seven penalties. And yet here we are. We got pretty pretty damn close, <laughs> um, which is impressive considering we took, uh, repeat, seven penalties. I, I don't really think that you can judge this team even remotely fairly off of a game where they take seven penalties. I think you can look at the time spent not on the penalty kill – um, but that, like you said, guys are going to be gassed. Uh, guys are going to have a hard time getting lines rolling. So I still don't think we've seen even close to the the full potential of this team because they've spent so much of the year in the box already. They, I mean, they had 14 penalties coming into the night, which is over four per game, almost five per game. And they took another seven tonight. They're probably up to five per game. 21 penalties over four games. Yeah, they're, at, they're over five penalties per game. That is absurd. That is a number that is like three penalties too high for, for, the, for the league average. So once that number goes down and we see more of this team, I think we'll be having a lot different conversations on this podcast. I think we're going to be talking about a lot of wins and a lot of offensive production from players up and down the lineup. But for now, one big area that needs to be fixed uh, and, and who knows if it's just a little fix, like guys skating a little harder or whatever it may be. But I, I'm confident that over time those those penalties will go down and the rest of the team will, will improve as a result. That bears the question, I guess. Does this team have a discipline problem? No, I think this team right now has an effort problem. 
and that leads to not necessarily a lack of discipline. But lazy penalties? Yeah. I, I think a lot of the penalties they took tonight were lazy penalties. You know, and there were a few that were questionable, like the the call, whatever the one is. I forget who, who got called. Maybe it was Gunnarsson for the slash on like the breakaway. That was really weak. Yeah, but, on the thigh. That was questionable. But other than that, it's a lot of holding, a lot of holding, like so many holding calls. Uh, the too many, men, too many men can't have a lot of Right. Right, a lot of slashing, a lot of too many men. So it's it, it, they're not take. It's not like they're taking, you know, hit from behind, tripping, spearing, which Evander Kane should have gotten, but we didn't, we didn't even get into that. It's not like they're taking, you know, discipline, poor discipline penalties. They're taking lazy penalties, and I think that comes with what, like Ruby said, effort. I really think that that's the the silver the the bottom line here is once the effort comes, the rest of it will come as well. But I maybe say they're at about eighty percent effort from what we've seen so far this season. I think I think that there's one more little push that they can make to get up to one hundred and ten percent. Like they should be doing night in, night out. Uh, but in the meantime, like we've been saying, big names got to step up. At some point, we are going to see what this Blues team is capable of, and when that does happen, we'll be here singing their praises and celebrating with you guys right alongside you five times a week. Locked on Blues podcast. You can only get it here. Also, just really quickly, want to give a shout out to JP, whose Twitter handle is at Jascot03. Uh, picked Locked On Blues player of the game to be Braden Shen. He was the second star, I believe. So, well done, bro. But I think that's all the time we have for today. So make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow my personal Twitter at Twelcher15. You can follow Josh's personal Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. But as always, let's go Blues. <laughs>